Hi guys, a quick note about today's show. Just want to tell you the amount of spiritual warfare that has gone on during the taping of this show for us is unprecedented. Normally, you know, we have a couple things we have to edit and it's not really very complicated or very technical. Uh, this show, on the other hand, has been quite a challenge. In the middle of our filming, we had a light blow out. We had our microphone stop. I cannot help but think that it is about the subject matter at hand. This subject matter that I came across has really changed my life. It has changed the way that I see things and view things and really put an emphasis on why I believe God has us here. I want you guys to know as you're watching the show that it is going to be a little bit different in that it's going to start off in the middle of the episode because we are doing this voiceover to give you the meat of the first part where the enemy really tried to attack. So I just want you to please bear with us through the end of it. I want you to hear the message. That's the most important thing, and I know that that is what the enemy doesn't want you to hear. So this subject matter is about near-death experiences, which is not a subject that I would normally even research. So the way that this information even got to me, I believe, was truly the Lord and because it's not something that is even in my idea of things that I want to know about. But after doing the research, it has literally changed how I see priorities on this side of heaven. And I know that there are still a lot of unanswered questions in my research, but the goal of today's show is to just give you a glimpse into what I believe the Lord has shown me and to have you do your own research. I would love for you guys to give some feedback on what you guys have experienced in researching these NDEs is what they call them, near-death experiences, or if anybody listening has had their own near-death experience. Because what I am seeing is the emphasis that we put on things that we do every single day here on the earth sometimes is absolutely unnecessary when in the end, God cares about one thing and one thing only. And that's what I want you guys to pay attention and listen for. So I'm really, really excited to share this with you guys. And I appreciate your grace and mercy in this craziness that we call episode four of season two. Thanks so much. The messages that every one of them are bringing back, every single one of them, two things they talk about consistently across the map. One is the light that they are experiencing. And it's not just, you know, like a bright light at the end of the tunnel. It is like God is the light. Okay, uh, I'm going to just stop and make a little note right here. You might have just seen a glitch in our recording. Um, Y'all will not believe what just happened, okay? Um, I have some lighting on the side that um, just helps with shadows and stuff like that. And, and my microphone 
which we've never one time had a problem with, okay? And just literally in the same couple of minutes, the microphone quit recording and the light just burned out, okay? So I'm telling you that not to say, oh, excuse the glitch in our uh, recording. I really don't care at all. Like what the quality of this podcast is, what I do care about is the message that is sending. And clearly the enemy does not want y'all to hear this. Okay. So, uh, he's really trying to stop this, which should really get your attention. So I'm going to tell you what I was about to say when all this went down, which is a why I'm sure he's not happy about it. And that is that when um, we are taking our last breath on this earth, we are now going to wake up in one of two places. There's heaven and then there's hell. And hell is not a place, I promise you, that you want to be. And when and if, and I pray that it is when, you start doing your own research on these near-death experiences, you will hear from people who have actually been there and back. And not one or two people, many, many, many people. So this is not a joke. Um, In fact, one of the things that I found overwhelming was there are so many things that I grew up with on a checklist of this is what you have to do to stay in God's good graces. And they were ridiculous things. Like, I couldn't wear pants. I couldn't go to the movies. I couldn't swim with boys. I couldn't wear a shirt with writing on them. I could go on. Okay. Then there are people who have never heard the name of God. Like, or they've heard him and they were told that he's not real. Or, you know, they, that he was not somebody to believe in. So in these experiences that I've been researching and reading about, there were people that were literally surprised that they were in heaven. Okay. Now that is very difficult for me to wrap my brain around because as a woman who has done everything that I know to do and worn myself out trying to perform, I still struggle with, is it enough? And it's not to earn my way to heaven, okay? I am fully aware of what the Bible says, that my salvation is a gift by faith, not by works. I totally get that. But there were so many things said to me as a child that somewhere still in my subconscious, It's something I struggle with. Like, am I really, really hearing from the Lord? Or is this just something I'm telling myself? Am I really, really, oh, this was one one of my favorites. You're going to miss heaven by 12 inches. You know, you might know it here, but if it's not here, I mean, this is what sent me diving forward to the altar eight times when my father was a pastor because he would bang on the pulpit and say, if you die on the way home tonight, you could literally miss heaven by 12 inches. And I mean, I'm telling you as a child and and especially a child who had watched all these horror, terrible, crazy movies about end times where you see the little girl with her balloon and she goes out and You know, she doesn't take the mark, so they, you know, walk her out to the guillotine, and 
chop her head off. You see the little balloon rising to the sky. I mean, those were some nightmare movies that stick with me at almost 52 years old. Okay, those are things that I'm not really sure what the purpose was. If it was to, um, you know, get people to get saved. I mean, I, I was counted eight times. So, you know, I guess I did help the numbers in that way. But it is so emotionally damaging and probably spiritually damaging as well. I have enough spiritual damage other than that, that, you know, it probably just got thrown in there somewhere. But what I'm telling you is that's the complete opposite of everything that is in these research testimonies. Okay. The one thing that comes back over and over and over and over by people who have tried to be a Christian all their life or claim to be a Christian all their life or people that rejected Christianity because it was not their culture and they didn't know any different. They, so they just did what their parents told them and didn't believe in Jesus. Okay. But some of these same people showed up in heaven during these near-death experiences. And so for me, it's like, I, I don't understand. Okay. How, how, how come they get to go to heaven and I'm working my rear end off literally here. And, you know, I'm scared to death that I might miss it by 12 whole inches, you know, like, like it, it, none of this makes sense. Okay. So what the message is that every one of them are bringing back every single one of them, two things they talk about consistently across the map. One is the light that they are experiencing. And it's not just, you know, like a bright light at the end of the tunnel. It is like God is the light. Like it, he permeates everything. Like everything there is because he is so bright and he, but yet you can look at him the way they explain it. They're like, he's so much brighter than the sun, but you can look at him. And then, I mean, it was just, it's hard for them to even explain it in words that we have here as humans because we don't have the words to explain <laughs> something like that in heaven. So, but, but that's the first thing is they talk about as a light. And the second thing and the most important thing is the love and the unconditional love that they have never felt in their life. They One, one man explained it as if I took every single amazing, loving relationship that I've had on the earth, you know, his wife, every one of his kids, his parents, all of them. And I put them all together in a big ball. It would be nothing compared to what I felt like. And I think he was gone for like nine minutes or something that, that he felt. And he so, it literally changes these people's lives when they come back from it. Okay. So one thing that I was a little bit skeptical and as I kept researching, I saw, okay, this is how they've made the differential you hear about people who you know they um like do a drug overdose and i've never done drugs so i kind of struggle with understanding but apparently there are some drugs that make you hallucinate and see visions of some sort so a lot of people will tell the nde people well you just that was like some sort of you know reaction from anesthesia or you know whatever it was um the difference in what has literally convinced surgeons and self-proclaimed atheists that were working on a patient on the table when these things would happen, and now they're God-fearing Christians because of what their 
patients went through multiple times, you know, like multiple patients. And then they're like, there has to be something. The, the thing that each one of them talk about is the love that they felt was so powerful that when they came back to the earth or to their body, their whole life completely changed. Not just their outlook on life. Of course, that changed. But it's they literally had a life change. So it's documentable. So for instance, one of the men was a very well-known professor and um, artist of some kind. And he had won all these awards and was very prestigious and had gotten tenure in his um, at his university. He and he was not a Christian. And that that story is quite unbelievable. And it is his. So um, I will not tell it because it, it, it there's parts of it that um, he has a hard time talking about. You'll run across him, I promise you, if you start um, researching this. And, and it's it's horrific. But because um, his first experience was not in heaven. His first experience was in hell. And that's, that's just a whole nother thing. How the Lord, you know, how God met these people who were getting a glimpse of hell and said, you know, like, I don't want you to go there. And, and it's, I'm still, as you can see, I'm at a loss for words because it so crushes so much of the theology that I have bought into my whole life, which is basically based on performance. And I know that that is not a good, um, it's not biblical, but there is a lot of stuff in the Bible. You know, you think about the Ten Commandments. You think about, you know, even James talks about, you know, faith without works is dead. And with our human brains, it's it's a lot easier, you know, to have a list of things to accomplish and things to do. You know, we can check, check, check versus investing in relationships. Okay. Which is all, that's all that Jesus cares about. He literally that is all he cares about, is about relationships. And for somebody like me who had the worst experience that I've ever experienced was with the person who I should have had the closest relationship with in my childhood, it makes relationships very hard, makes relationships very difficult for me to even want to give them a chance because if I don't get close to somebody, then they can't hurt me, right? So it's easier to keep you over there than it is to let you get close and potentially hurt me. So, you know, I just am like, okay, well, I am just gonna connect just me and God and then nobody can hurt me. And if I just have to sit in my recliner the rest of my life until he comes and gets me, you know, then that's what I'm gonna do. The problem with that is that Every single one of these people, when they got to heaven, they some of them were given a choice to return to their body, and some of them, you know, <laughs> they did not want to return to their body. But Jesus was like, yeah, you, you've got things to do. And he sent those people back. But every single one of them, when they came back, their entire life was now focused on actual relationships and giving this message of hope to people that may or may not know the Lord 
or may know the Lord, but are literally striving every day to continue to be in his favor. And let me just tell you, you know, um, God walked with Adam and Eve, right? In the garden. And God knew they sinned before they knew they sinned. God knew all of it. But what what did God do? God came down and said, you know, where are y'all? You know, he was going to go walking in the garden with him. I just, I cannot imagine a life where he's walking, you know, daily with the Lord. I mean, it's just like, like physically, literally walking with the Lord. But they were so ashamed that before he ever even got down there, they had tried to figure out a way to cover themselves up when they figured out they were naked, right? Or naked, as we say here in East Texas. Um, they had tried to cover it all up because what were they concerned about? Like, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're Adam and Eve. You've got to know God's going to know. Like your your fig leaves here are really probably not going to make a big difference, but, you know, knock yourself out. But they were trying to look good from the outside, you know, because when God got to the garden, he's going to see him and he's going to be like, oh, well, who, who made the fig leaves or whatever? You know, I mean, what in the world were they thinking? And that is kind of the same like epiphany that I have had. What in the world are we thinking here on the earth? We are killing ourselves literally to have a great podcast or, um, you know, a great business or a great ministry or, you know, however many hundreds of people in the pew on Sunday or how many dollars in the bank or, you know, pick a subject, pick a subject. And, and in today's day and age, we've even made it easier to not have relationships because we can just shoot somebody a simple text and we don't have to even communicate with them in person in real life we've taken all the emotion all of the connection everything out of our human interactions and it's just getting worse you know like what's his lips um from facebook whoever you are uh what's his name zuckerberg you know, is now coming out with some whole new virtual reality metaverse or I don't, I don't even know what it is. But anyway, I mean, it's like a whole nother level of some kind of fantasy land. And I, for one, am, I'm so thankful that I came across this subject matter because it has made me really reevaluate what amount of effort that I am going to put into different priorities. Like, for instance, clearly we have to be worried about our bank balances because we owe people money. We have bills. We don't want to, you know, not pay our bills or not do what we're supposed to do. We have obligations to people. And so there has to be a certain amount of effort put into making sure that, you know, we have money in our banks and we pay people what we're supposed to pay them. But when that becomes your focus, then your focus is no longer on what Jesus says is important. And so when the people who have had these NDEs, when they come back and they quit prestigious careers that they've had for a long, long time and become a pastor or become a missionary or whatever it is that they do to focus on getting this message out of love, unconditional love and acceptance, you know that they have had a profound experience in the presence 
of the Almighty God. It is not a, you know, hallucination because you took some, you know, you ate a bad mushroom or whatever people do nowadays. I have no idea. Um, I really think that for those of us who claim to know the Lord and and who want to have pure hearts before the Lord, I think we all need to literally take a good hard look at our hearts and our soul to say, what is, you know, if, if nobody, if nobody knew and we could totally be honest, not, not just, you know, with God, but with ourselves, what is our driving motivator that we're doing whatever it is that is your biggest priority? So it could be pastors, it could be missionaries, it could be doctors, you know, those are all worthy things, right? But are you doing it for the accolades? Are we doing it for, you know, to make ourselves feel better? Or are we doing it as a vehicle to show unconditional love and literally be the hands and feet of Jesus? Because that's the reason he came and gave us the example that he gave us for the 33 years he was here. And I just know... There are so many good things that the enemy has taken. One we talk about a lot. You know, God is the creator of sex between a man and a woman in the confines of a marriage between a man, one man and one woman. And it's a beautiful thing if that's how it is experienced. But the enemy took that beautiful thing and he made it into something that has devastated many, many lives. And he does that with everything. He can take a really good thing and he can completely twist it to where he makes us think we are doing a good thing. And in reality, that's not what we're doing. We are making that thing an idol above, above Jesus, above God. And that's why it's so crazy to me that this was like from out of the blue. I would never have just gotten on a computer and started, you know, researching near-death experiences. I mean, that seems kind of, I don't know, morbid in a way. But it has brought so much life and hope into my world um, and relieved so much pressure, so much so that I don't care if we have a glitch in the middle of this thing, and I don't care if my light goes out. And I don't really care because that's not the point. And the point is not how many clicks I get or how many um, good comments I get or bad comments. I want to have people, re- before it's too late, really understand how much that that Jesus loves them. And it's not, it's not just some words in a book called the Bible. I mean, he, and it is a document. I mean, people that don't believe in Jesus as the son of God still can read the history books of where this man came to the, to this planet and he was brutally murdered. Okay. Now for those of us who do believe in him, we know why he did that. So there, there's nothing disputed about that. That is a show of how much he loves you. Um, last time I checked, there's no one in my life that's ever hung on a cross for me other than Jesus. So why would I be focused on anything but that? 
and the rest of everything else falls into place. I mean, you know, in Matthew, it tells us, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So God knows we have bills. God knows we need to have, you know, money in the bank. God knows, you know, what issues our kids are having. God knows, um, you know, what what our ministry was created to accomplish. He, he knows all of that. But if that is our focus, then we miss the whole point. Our relationship with him and, and when we get to heaven and it's and thankfully he's given this gift of NDE's experiences to so many people. Um, it is it is crazy to me that that it doesn't scare the people that have gone through this. They they are not afraid of death in any form or fashion. And some of their death experiences like what they actually died from are horrible. So you would think they would never want to get anywhere close to something like that again. But it was such a profound experience that not only did they come back and literally change their whole behavior of life, but they they don't fear death anymore at all. And, and in fact, welcome it, you know. Um, I just believe that there is so much pointing to the fact that we are getting so close to the end and Jesus is just trying to encourage us. I am so thankful that I came across this because, you know, one of the things that in growing up, God was always so scary to me. I I remember knowing that God could read my mind and that scared me to death because I knew he was this God of wrath. That was the God that I was taught, the God of the Old Testament, right? Not that the Old Testament isn't relevant. It was just before the new covenant and before Jesus came and was the sacrifice for our sin. And that is so different as I view him now. It, it it he is he is so the opposite of the scary god that i grew up with and now as i find myself you know screwing up or doing something you know i really wish i wouldn't have done or you know thinking something i probably shouldn't think or whatever it is there's the condemnation is is gone that part is gone because even though people talk about their life review, everybody talks about they have a life review when they get there and 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 literally they're watching their life in front of them with Jesus standing there and there's no condemnation even at that moment. Like even though they're watching something horrible that they did, they said they still felt this unbelievable, unconditional love. And not only did they report seeing their life events, they also said, I didn't just see it from my point of view. I saw the ripple effect of what that action did. So whatever it is that they did that was wrong, not only did they relive that in that moment, but they saw how it affected every person in that domino all the way down the line. I mean, it's hard to explain and it was hard to explain for them as well. But they all talked about it. And it it just goes back to verify what God's looking for is for us to just love. Because the ripple effect of that is really good. You would never be ashamed of watching something 
that, wow, you know, you, you did a good deed for somebody out of compassion and love. And then you have no idea how you might have changed their life because you didn't see what happened when you gave them, you know, that money or that food. And then they went back to their family and gave it to their, you know, child who was literally going to die or something, you know, because they hadn't eaten in seven days or whatever. I mean, you don't, we don't always get to see what our good deeds do. And those good deeds, if they're not born out of love, then you're not doing them for the right reasons. You're doing them for some kind of check mark, i.e. all the checklists that I've had my whole life, um, or you're doing them to make yourself, you know, look good in the community or what, whatever it is. But, you know, that's why Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. He, because, you know, your father in heaven sees, and that that is who will give you your reward. And I just know that in the last several weeks of researching, I have been so encouraged and I just want to encourage you guys. We're going to put the name of the book and the link to it in the show notes. Um, the pastor's name who wrote this book is called, his name is John Burke and it's B-U-R-K-E and his um, church is in Austin. Uh, it's Gateway Something. I know there's a lot of gateways, but um, it's Gateway Something. But we'll, we'll put the link down below. And the book is called Imagine Heaven. And he personally has done, has has reviewed over a thousand NDE experiences of all kind, you know, all religions, all walks of life, um, you know, from young, little bitty, you know, four years old, you know, up to however old. And, um, and, and the, the results are, are crazy. And one of the things, um, I, I just want to tell you when, uh, you know, before we close is, you know, I think Jesus had the thief on the cross there for us, um, for a really good reason. I, I just believe, you know, you, you look at this man, there's two of them, you know, you have Jesus in the middle, you know, I mean, who knows if that's how it really happened, but you know, two thieves, <laughs> And then this perfect man who's bearing our sins. And, you know, one of the thieves is making fun of Jesus. And, you know, if you're really the son of God, you know, save yourself and save us and blah, blah, blah. And then the other one just, you know, literally he had had nothing in his life that was good. I mean, this was the end of his life. He's on a cross dying for being a thief, right? But he, in that moment, had a heart change and he did nothing more than what it tells us in Romans 10, 13. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that is the bottom line. It's not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and blah, 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 blah. You call on the name of the Lord. And in this research, there were people that called on the name of the Lord literally as they're taking their dying breath. Some of them even had lost their heartbeat, you know, flatlined, and then been revived, lost their heartbeat, been revived, lost their heartbeat. And the first several times actually had a different experience, a hellish experience. And as they came back, were screaming and, you know, crying to the doctor, don't let me go there, don't let me go there, and cried out to God at that moment. So that's, I mean, you can't get closer to death than that. But that is why I love that Jesus literally, I mean, there's nothing he didn't cover to give us this assurance that we can rest in outside of 
anything else we do. There is nothing that the thief on the cross did at all. He never put a dollar in the offering plate. He never went to church. He never did a Bible study. He was probably a turd his whole life. And it finally caught up with him. But even him, at the last minute, all he had to do was to call on the name of the Lord. And that's what he did. And Jesus said right then and there, today you will be with me in paradise. And that is all that matters. That right there is all that matters. He did not have a near-death experience. He did not get to come back and tell everyone. But thankfully, there were people watching that saw the whole thing. And they leave that example that I believe we need to really focus on some more. And our love for Jesus and our love for others, that alone will drive our behavior. That will that will uh, make us want to do good things. So it's not like, you know, the church is going to fall apart or, you know, nothing good will ever happen again. It is in that love that we will be driven to do what it is God has us here for. We all have a purpose, right? But why focus on the purpose instead of the purpose giver? I believe if our focus is on loving Jesus and God and loving others, just like he said, the greatest commandment and the, and the second runner up, <laughs> that's what he wants us to focus on. Everything else falls into place. But we live in a society that is everything that we see is for our own benefit and for our own good, no matter what it does to anybody else. So I want to encourage you today to, if you want to dig into this a little bit further, to just get the book. Um, I personally love to listen to books, so I get everything on christianaudio.com and, or christianaudiobookmaybe.com. And, um, they, they have an amazing, um, collection of books and this one was on there so I get to listen to it as I'm driving and you know it's kind of hard with kids to actually get a moment of free time so I just keep my ear pods in and I listen and it is so encouraging and it is so convicting in a good way not in a, not in a condemning way it is so um, encouraging to know what waits for us um, when we do take our last breath and it really has changed the way that I see things and that I am planning on as I move forward. Not that I'm going to get it perfect 100% of the time, which now I know is okay. I don't have to be perfect. Um, but I want it to be life-changing for me. I want it to be life-changing for others, just as it was for the people who had to go through the literal almost death to to have that you know glimpse into heaven. God's given that to them as a gift to then come back and tell others so that there is this hope that we know what is important to Him. And I'm so excited to share this with you, and I really hope that you guys go and do some of your own research. So thank you so much for being with us today, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Truth Talks.